WQHT HD1 New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. Good morning, New York City, Tri-State, United States, and everyone joining us around the world via live stream on Hot97.com and our free Hot 97 app. It's Sunday, April 19th, 2020. We are now in our second month of the statewide lockdown here in New York, known as New York Pause. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and I'm so glad you're joining us for this special two-hour live broadcast from our Hot 97 studios in New York City, the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers, and you can get catch up on all the latest news on um, Hot 97 sites, hot97.com and at hot97 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The big question everyone wants answered is when will everything reopen? Maybe you saw those images of people on the beach in Florida. Uh, they're just doing what a lot of people want to do, and but that's not the way to go. Maybe you heard about the garage parties that were happening in the Bronx over the weekend. They got busted. Uh, but the key to getting back to anything even resembling normal or what they're calling the new normal um, we are told by everyone from Governor Cuomo to the CDC is testing, testing, testing. It sounds easy enough, but it's at the center of political debates and delays and uh, a lot of other issues like supplies. The death rate is down in New York State, but it's still very high, according to state health department tracking. Yesterday, the governor announced for the first time since April 1st, the daily death toll, this is just for one day, though, was 550. So that's a lot more than a number. That's 550 people who lost their lives in one 24-hour period. Way too many. So far in New York State, we have lost, in terms of lost lives, we've lost more than three times what we did um, during the September 11th, 2001 terror attacks. But the crisis is still nowhere near over. Hospitals are reporting about 2,000 new cases a day, and the deaths in nursing homes are a huge concern. More than 2,700 lives have been lost just in those nursing homes here in New York, more than anywhere in America. And if you have a loved one in a nursing home, if you work in a nursing home, we'd love to hear from you at one 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Public health experts are telling us there needs to be a better plan in place for more widespread testing instead of the way it's going now. Um, and that has to happen if the state governments are going to allow businesses to reopen and other activities to resume. That's already happening in some states out west. But uh, obviously, it's a whole different issue in a highly populated uh, region like New York and our tri-state. Now, how that can happen uh, when there's a shortage of tests and no uniform plan to test the most vulnerable populations and those communities of color and low-income communities most at risk? I don't know. And I don't know if anybody has an answer um, on that. But we're going to find out more from Dr. Manuel Fambu. We call him Dr. Manny. He's a medical doctor and surgeon, best-selling author of the book, The Future of Healthcare. He's also a public health expert and medical futurist. Dr. Manny, how are you feeling this morning about the state of testing? Because we hear there's more tests coming into New York City starting tomorrow from Mayor de Blasio. They'll be coming every week. Uh, but there still is no, it doesn't seem like there's a plan for everybody everywhere. Correct. I, I think the biggest concern there is how do we get um, access of the, uh, you know, for the test uh, and who gets the test done, right? We know that we all have to be tested at one point for us to get back to normal, right? So as schools started opening up and work spaces started opening up, 
we need to test those people returning to work to make sure that either one, they, they are actively, um, uh, the symptomatic or not. I mean, if you have symptoms, of course, you probably get tested. But those that are asymptomatic, which means they don't have symptoms, we need to test them to find out if they actually have the virus on them and they could infect other people. Or, or the third thing being that they actually have been infected in the past and they have recovered, which means they have antibodies. So that'd be very key. So it seems like there's a lot of confusion, though. So you need to you need to get tested in the first. Does, first of all, does do you feel as as a public health expert and somebody that surveys this from a kind of a, a high level and in a big picture? Does everyone do you think ultimately everyone needs to be tested for this? Eventually, everyone would get tested, right? The reason why um, uh, you, you, no one is pushing for mass testing right, uh, right now. We don't have the test. We don't have the test, right? And so you will see measures that come in place like um, me- measuring body temperature, right? That will become uh, something um, that should be expected. I had a conversation a couple of days ago with um, a colleague, a friend of mine uh, that runs a nightclub in Vegas, right? And, and the conversation around that was, People come to Vegas, people just lay on the pool all day, right? So how do you do body temperature to reopen a nightclub or a bar, <laughs> right? So people walk in, you want to scan their temperatures, temperatures are probably high. So it's not exactly, high temperature does not mean you have COVID, uh, COVID-19 <laughs> or be infected, right? So that's a challenge right there on how that test gets rolled out and how often you should do the test. What, what about this whole, this whole issue, this, this debate? And, and I don't, I don't want to get into all the politics of it because that's politics and we're really, ta- really talking about people's health here and how it's going to affect people. In, in terms of, does there does a plan that need to be a national plan? Because you can get in a car right now and drive across a state line someplace else. Unless you're from New York, and then you are required to uh, <laughs> self-quarantine yourself. Right, right? exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the plan cannot be a national uh, plan, and it cannot be a state plan. It has to be a regional plan, right? So if you look at New York City, for example, it's definitely at higher risk than um, if you are in another remote part of the country, or even in New York State, right? Right, because we're so everybody's so close together. Correct. If you if, you, if you're Albany or you know in Rochester, uh, you know it's not as dense as New York City, right? So they have different restrictions. So if you look at Florida, for example, Miami and Jacksonville could be completely different kind of areas, right? So you could have the beach close to Miami because it's more crowded, and then you have a place uh, that is more remote um, that people might actually be able to go out. Even New York uh, City right now in New York State, you could go to the park still. Right, the national parks. You could go out and, and you could still walk. You can go to a national park, but you're not supposed to be in a state park or a city park. Co- correct. So you could be in a national park. So I was in a national park uh, uh, two weeks, two Sundays ago, right? Um, just walking around, but you see people hiking, but it wasn't crowded, right? So when you, people come next to each other, people actually try to split away from, uh, from from other people. What did you think when you saw that video of uh, the people on the beaches in Florida? I, I think um, it, it showed uh, how much people lack the knowledge, right? So you, you think about it. The whole reason why we should not be close to each other is because we know that this, this is airborne. We know that we could get infected if we are close to other people and we, we are talking to them and engaging with them. That's the reason why we need to, uh, to practice social distancing. It's not Big Brother telling you not to go out because for the sake of just doing it. And so when you look at in Jacksonville, when the beach opened in Florida, people were crowded in line and rushing to go to the beach, and they're all happy to be there as if, you know, uh, mommy asked the kids to go out, right? That's the kind of mindset. <laughs> but that's not the point of it, right? So you could still be on the beach. Okay, great. I mean, if the, if the law allows you to go, but practice uh, this uh, social distancing. But it's almost as if people, you know, are so happy to just get out of the house and that they just want to be, you know, make it feel normal. 
Correct, because when the when the government says go back to the beach, people think that that means that coronavirus uh, left Florida on a plane. That's right. not the point, <laughs> right? Someone coming on the beach might be infected and they don't know, right? So you are going there and you're putting your life at risk. And you could not only your life, but you could go back home and get other people infected. So you have to have that that in mind. It's about you protect yourself, right? It's not about the rules in general. So so can we just can we just review the testing because we we get a lot we're getting a lot of calls and we're getting a lot of questions about. Who should get tested? How the city's tr- is setting up these testing sites locally? They were at certain hospitals. There were some drive-through things. There were there were telephone numbers. Three one one got overloaded with calls. They were telling people to call after seven p.m. and before seven a.m. because they were getting so many calls from people here in New York City who wanted to know about testing. If you don't feel symptoms, if you haven't knowingly been exposed to anybody that tested positive. For COVID nineteen, do you need to start getting all you know ramped up about getting a test right now? No, because there's no um, reason for you to get a test, right? And I know people want to get a test. In the ideal world, you could go get a test, right? You, right. Could, you could walk into uh, Walgreens or Rite Aid or CVS today, and you could buy a drug test, right? right. And you could buy a pregnancy test. You could buy those tests, whatever, right? So there are tests that are available for you to just go in and get because those are widely available. At cost, right? But today we don't have enough tests. So because we don't have enough right now, we we need to prioritize who gets tested. So if you're a frontline um, healthcare worker, automatically you should get it. Yes, automatically you should get a test, right? And I think the test is available for them. Then the next piece is if you if you were around someone that was in, uh, infected, then you should get tested as well, right? We talked yesterday um, about this whole notion of like uh, of, of contact tracing, right? So if you do contact tracing, which means that you were infected and who were you around? When you were infected, so we, so those people are tracked, and those people should get tested as well. Which is what they did with the man in New Rochelle, who was the first documented, definitely not the the first case, but the first documented case here in in New York City and in New York State. He was basically, um, you know, the, this man from New Rochelle that was the first the first kind of public case that we that we knew that we knew about. I should say, they traced where he worked. They traced all the people that he knew. They traced a trip that he took to Florida. They tra- traced, you know, his activities in his in his hometown of New Rochelle. And then they isolated a certain population there, and you know they had very very good results, and he recovered. Thank God. Correct, and that and that's the scary part of this, right? Where you could see how fast it can spread. Because people move around today, right? right. Uh, we have planes, buses, you could drive your car, you could go wherever you want, right? take the train. And so by the time they find out, what about those people and who did they come in contact with, right? So you could see how vast this could actually spread. So that's why it's very important for us, you know, to, you know, wash our hands, right? Don't put your hands on your face. Let's still, let's still follow those rules. But let me ask you one, one issue, one issue we've been talking about here, uh, with Team Lisa and with street soldiers and with all our community contacts too, is this issue of people throwing gloves you throwing their gloves into on the floor, on the ground, on the streets, in parking lots, all over the place. There's pictures. We, we posted some pictures on street soldiers of it. There's there's a lot of people that have seen this, and it's just you see wipes in different places, and it's like every other you know every other service. Some neighborhoods, the sidewalks and the streets are spotless. Others, you know, especially if it's a big rush like a weekend. And a lot of, you know, people find out that the grocery stores just gotten new deliveries and stuff like that. There's a um, there's just a lot of that around. Can you catch it from like people? Should, what should they do when they're taking? You know, they're on the move. They use the gloves to go into a store or something like that. And then they take them off. They can't just drop them. Which right. goes on to the basic, uh, I, I think this COVID-19 pandemic is actually making us look at humans as if this, you know, from a basic level. 
at what age was did, was it okay to drop your gloves on the floor, <laughs> right? I mean, right. just basic um, sanitation practice, right? right. So, so wash your hands, right? Um, and once they say wash your hands, people went to the store and bought everything to wash your hands. Right. So what were they doing before, <laughs> right? Uh, right? And then all toilet paper was gone. Everything was gone, right? right. So it's just basic uh, common sense that when you drop this on the floor, let's say it's, infect, it, it, it's uh, infected with COVID-19 or coronavirus. If you throw this on the floor and someone else comes by and touches it, what will happen when that person touches a doorknob? You might still get infected, right? So it's a community kind of mindset. Please just drop your gloves, properly dispose of them. We talked about this before. Which is a trash can. Correct. I don't understand why we don't have biohazard, you know, trash cans, trash around. cans around now to collect this. Because we know if this is a biohazard and we know people are touching things. That's a great idea. How do you get rid of them, right? Just put it in the regular trash. What about the trash guy that picks up the trash, <laughs> right? So, it's, so I think we should think about this more seriously, how we dispose of this. Exactly. If you're in a neighborhood or you're in a community and you see a lot of gloves on the ground or a lot of uh, wipes, that type of thing on the ground, post it. Post it on Instagram and tag me at Lisa Evers. Or you can DM the picture to me because we want to see how much of this is going on. Because some neighborhoods is very bad. Other neighborhoods, I mean, in the sanitation department, they've been doing an outstanding job, you know, collecting everything. And I see them, those guys working all the time. You know, no matter what hours I'm working or, or get, you know, out on the street and um, coming to and from my essential job, the, um, you know, the, they have a lot of work to do. But it's like the, the other the other issue that came up, too, is uh, that somebody had asked me about yesterday was the, off the air was these recyclable bottles. If you're drinking, if you're drinking and you have saliva, you know, you're drinking, you may have saliva on that on that water bottle, soda bottle, soda can, whatever it is, and then you're just throwing that on the ground, and then people come around and they pick those up or whatever, that's continuing. That's Is that risky? Of course. We know that this virus lives on surfaces, right? So if you are dropping things like that on the ground now, especially now, first of all, it wasn't allowed to draw. I mean, you should not be dropping bottles. In the bottles. first place, right. I know people do, and it happens, right? Or you eat um, your, your, your fast food bag and you just throw it out on the window. That's dangerous now because some that, that that could be infected and someone's going around helping to keep our city clean and pick up uh, that stuff and gets infected, which might come back to you, right? So we have to think about this from a community um, effort. Uh, we could fight this together. We have to work together. Do you feel like there's been enough emphasis on that? They've had some public service announcements and things like that. Do you feel there's been enough around uh, disease awareness? Yeah. I think uh, there's two sides of it. It's either one, you're very scared of what is happening. Uh, two, you have a better understanding of what is happening. Or three, you don't believe in it. Right? So you have three. <laughs> See, and I, and, I, and I want to ask you about the third category, the people that don't believe in it. Because it seems to me like if, unless you're an essential worker or a frontline worker or have had a family member that has been touched by, touched by this or that you're very concerned they're in like a, a super high risk group. A lot of people, aside from the fact that they're staying home and dealing with financial financial issues or whatever, that seems even more urgent to them than these health risks. Like it doesn't seem real is what I'm saying to, to, to a lot of people. Correct. Yes, Lisa. Even, even prior to this, um, you know, there's been this whole talk um, and discussion around something called health literacy, um, right, to educate people to actually understand your own disease in general. You look at things like diabetes, things like heart failure, hypertension. Many people don't even understand what that is, right? And what they should do in the first place, right? So now you're coming in with a new virus that's very sophisticated that doctors don't know much about, right? That they're learning on a day to day basis. And so you're dumping this on the general public for them to make sense out of all of this, right? So it's too much at one time. There's a lot of things happening. Um, the government says one thing today and the next day changes its mind, right? Your public officials are just starting to learn and figure it out. So people naturally, uh, distrust uh, the system. And so you, you start seeing what 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 is happening. And so, but but 
it's very important to look at. This is a global crisis, right? You can have a global conspiracy <laughs> where everyone in the world, right. everything is shut down for whatever reason, right? Because everyone is affected by this. Even if it was a conspiracy, the key thing is for you to stay safe and stop infecting other people. Right, and, so, control, and control yourself and control your family and your loved ones. Correct. I, I just understand uh, that this is real. No one is doing this for the sake of just doing it, make money from doing this. And it's a conspiracy on this. The bottom line is people are, are, are being sick and people are dying. If you are in New York City right now in the epicenter of this, you, you, you know it's real, right? You know, there's no time to believe in conspiracies right here because you see people dying. No, exactly. All right. Um, Dr. Manny, let's bring in Eric Adams. He's the Brooklyn Bur Borough President. And uh, he's been very active in speaking out about what, especially what the residents of Brooklyn and New York City need during this crisis. Jack, we have him up on the line? Okay, great. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hey, Lisa. Hey. How are you doing? I'm fine. I hope you're well. Thank you. Good great, morning. Great, great. Good morning. And Eric, we're joined uh, in studio by Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. Uh, we call him Dr. Manny for short. And uh, he's been helping us understand a lot of the medical uh, issues around this and answering a lot of questions uh, from our audience. As you see that, you know, this this whole pandemic play out in New York City and then, you know, of course, about a week and a half ago, we heard that communities of color, that low income communities are have a much higher double in some cases, the death rate of whites and of uh, more affluent communities. What are your biggest concerns right now? Well, when we we entered this, uh, if you go back, and it's almost as though we could follow the social media threads. And when it first hit here, of, and I heard the city talk about, you know, separating the city, dividing the city into two essential groups. Uh, one was defined as essential employees and non-essential employees. When I heard that description, I told my staff, that day that this is extremely problematic and I was extremely concerned about that because in essence uh, when you look at the numbers Lisa over 70 percent of the people in the city that are essential employees they're black and brown people and poor people right and we were basically telling them and we need to really think about what we did we were telling them you are to go to your place of employment and continue to run this city, and you're going to do it with the full understanding that we're telling everyone else to shelter in place or hit pause, whatever terminology you want to use, and we're going to tell everyone else to participate in social distancing. But the 70% of you uh, are going to do it without having PPEs, personal protection equipment, and you're not going to be able to uh, shelter in place, and you're not going to be able to practice social distancing. So we put a body of New Yorkers in harm's way, and for the most part, their jobs were non-telecommuting jobs. They were the correction officers, right. the train operators, all of those jobs, full service players. So why are we surprised now when those folks would – get infected with the virus, take it home to their family members, and the numbers are going to be extremely high, then you overlay that with the fact that we were not testing in black and brown communities. The first state testing center was on Staten Island on the South Shore. Right. If you were African-American and you wanted to be tested on Staten Island, you had to drive to the South Shore if you had a car. Brooklyn did not get a testing center from the state until last weekend. 
And so when you start to break this down, you realize that there was two responses to this virus. Then we knew at the beginning of this virus that those were pre-existing conditions such as diabetes, respiratory issues, et cetera, they are more likely to have a fatality over this. We knew from the Department of Health the stats on those with pre-existing conditions and what communities had pre-existing conditions. You didn't hear any briefing on a federal, state, or city level that anyone's rolled out the pre-existing condition plan because we had to fight exactly. the front. Eric, I want to bring in we Dr. Manny. Yeah, we had, no, totally. And I, I just want to get Dr. Manny to weigh in on that because we've been talking about this from the first first weekend we did the show. This is our thir- this is our third third or fourth weekend uh, of of do of doing the show live. We had calls one day one one of the weekends one of the Sundays. I was in te- practically in tears just hearing these how afraid the um, these people were. You know, the essential workers were. Because they didn't have protection, they had to go to work. It's like the first time we're asking civilians to to go to a job when they know that they might be risking their life. Correct, and it gets worse too. Imagine if you're watching TV or listening to the radio, right? And everyone is talking about COVID nineteen, and they say, "Well, those at risk are the elderly and people with comorbid conditions." But then there's no plan for you with a comorbid condition, right? So, so what do you do? Like just lock yourself in the house? And so people are terrified, right? So you have to put a plan in place for those at high risk. What, what about what Eric is saying? The testing and the, the testing, which is such a key, and there doesn't seem to be a plan for those most at risk, aside from the, the doctors and the nurses, a plan for those most at risk or most exposed. Correct. Even initially, yeah, to even add to that, remember when, when this, uh, the testing first became available, where you could have people that were exposed one, and then you had uh, celebrities and people with, with means could have access to tests, right? Right. Correct. And this was brought up even to the president, and he said, "Well, that's why life works." <laughs> right. right. That's the, the one, that, the one that really got people was Harvey Weinstein, and then especially when there was such a crisis in the jails. Eric, we need to take a short break. Can you stay with us because I want to talk about what you're doing with the MTA workers because we've been hearing from them here on Hot 97 as well. Yes. Okay, uh, we're going to take a short break. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Give us your call. Are you an essential worker? Are you concerned about your health? Do you have questions for testing? We have Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams on the line. We also have Dr. Manny with us in studio answering your calls at 1-800-223-9797. On the Gram Live, at Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers, everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our special, another one of our special live two-hour Street Soldiers continuing coverage of the coronavirus crisis, which is especially hard-hitting our communities and our workers and our families. Uh, Joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. We call him Dr. Manny. He is a medical doctor and surgeon. He's author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare. He's a public health expert and medical futurist. Dr. Manny, appreciate you being with us again to help, uh, you know, give people accurate information. Thanks for having me. We, we really appreciate it. Also with us on the line, on the, our Hot 97 Newsmaker line, is Eric Adams. He is the Brooklyn Borough President, and he's been very, very outspoken and involved with, uh, you know, health issues, public it, all sorts of all sorts of issues, uh, justice issues all the way across the board. Eric, in, in terms of the um, in, in terms of the testing and this testing plan, the mayor tells us that we're going to have fifty thousand tests coming into New York City this week. But then there's 
you know, th- there's supposedly there's the state testing line. And this is the biggest question that we've been getting from people is where can they get tested? Who can get tested? And, and just the accessibility seems to just not be there. Yeah, and so true. And first of all, if I, could just, I want to thank the doctor because I think about my days of policing. Um, you know, when we get these expertise in professions, it's not for our only personal good. It's for us to come back to our communities and really share some of these technical things to communities that they can understand it. And I appreciate, I heard them on before, and I appreciate you, doctor, for what you're doing, breaking it down so people can understand it. And so when you look at the testing, Lisa, think about it for a moment. The governor and the mayor must get on the same page. There's one coronavirus that is, there's one COVID-19 that's attacking us. There needs to be one team that is fighting to stop it. Right. So we cannot allow ourselves to be caught up in disagreements at this time. Coronavirus must be fought on two fronts. We must fight the intervention, those who have it, and in a hospital, but we must also have the plan for prevention, prevent people from actually getting coronavirus. And one of the most powerful tools you can use is testing, particularly as Dr. Riley said at Downstate, um, all of our hospitals have identified what they call the hot zones or, or the hot spots. Those areas need to get on the ground, get the right testing, and make sure that we can get it done. I spoke with a representative from Health and Hospital a few, every two weeks I do a conference call with all of my hospital presidents in Brooklyn, and there was a rep on from Health and Hospital. What she was telling me, the Department of Health told them, don't do any testing unless you are going to be admitted to a hospital. They put out an actual ruling that if you're not going to be admitted to a hospital, uh, don't test the person. While the state was opening testing locations uh, in places other than Brooklyn now, now Queens, which is the epic center of the epic center of Brooklyn and Queens, they just got a testing center around nine days See, ago. Eric, that's now, we what, almost, go ahead. I'm sorry. You just you just pushing my button. On, you know, you're pushing my button on this. I'll tell you why. Because we get this call all the time, which I understand. Everybody's trying to survive. They don't have time to look stuff up. Last week, my producer Anaya, our production assistant Juliana. Um, they worked, they went through everything to try to put together a comprehensive list that we could post on our hot97.com website and also our social media, which you know reaches a lot of people. And this is what you need to do. Step one, step two, step three. Because at first it was go to the hospitals and get a testing, but that wasn't true. And then it's call this 800 number. Then it was call 311. 311 is now overloaded. So people just don't know what to do. And we we tried, they spent hours going through the different websites, calling the numbers, trying to put together something that made sense for people. You know, if you're category A and you're fine what you want to test, you know, just chill for right now. Just stay home and take care of yourself and stay healthy. Category B, you've been exposed. You're an essential worker. We, we, we couldn't put together anything that I felt comfortable enough was going to be a reliable source of information for people. That's how confusing it is. And they spent hours on and, this. And, and there was something the Department of Health put out a ruling called Protocol 8. Many people in the city was not aware of Protocol 8. Protocol 8, now remember, we have two Department of Health. We have the State Department of Health, and we have the City Department of Health. The City Department of Health put out Protocol 8 that told all of our hospitals, you are not to test 
unless you are admitting the patients to the hospital. And so places like Brooklyn Hospitals and other hospitals, if they weren't admitting someone to the hospital, they couldn't do a, a test according to pro, a Protocol 8. Yet affluent New Yorkers and Americans were able to get their tests, and the state was doing something different in certain communities. Queens in Brooklyn was not one of those communities. Now, remember, the first death of, of COVID-19 happened in Brooklyn. The largest number of deaths is in Brooklyn and in Queens. And the largest uh, proportion per capita, you had a significant number in the Bronx. All of these poorer communities were not getting the testing, so they won't take the, take that virus home to their family members. And many of them were essential employees. Right, with multiple, and some families with 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 both, you know, with both parents or with the with two members of the family on the front lines there. Correct. And, and I, think, exactly. I think COVID-19 just exposes this on a bigger level. If you go back and we we'll look at the numbers for how many people die with chronic illnesses, diabetes, heart failure, I bet you the same communities that, it, that people die the most, right? People are affected more in those communities. If you look at problems with access to care, same communities. Health literacy, same communities. So this is a much bigger issue where we need, and I really like the idea of, uh, you know, of us having this prevention kind of mindset at interception. And my whole philosophy and what I'm, I'm advocating for in healthcare Overall, COVID-19 or without COVID-19 in our communities, if for us to have this idea of predicting disease, we know what the risk factors are for disease, uh, prevention, and if we can prevent, we want to intercept the disease and then cure. That's the mindset that we need to have and, going forward. And, and, and now think about this, Lisa. Isn't this deja vu? When I recover from my diabetes, you know, we're talking blindness, um, uh, permanent nerve damage, you know, they told me I was going to, you know, have amputation, be on, be on uh, medicine the rest of my life. I was going to lose my sight eventually. And once I started looking into the healthcare system and saw that we were not uh, treating uh, the underlying causes of our diseases, we were just treating the symptoms, we started doing things differently, and the Bellevue Project came about, lifestyle medicine. We don't have health care in this city and country. We have sick care. We prolong the sickness of people because it's a profitable business, and now it has come back and bit us in the ass. Diabetes is, is preventable and reversible with the right diet, but we don't have access to healthy foods in our community. So there was no real plan. We just put out a Feed New Yorkers report. The food we're feeding people in that Feed New Yorkers report is the food that causes chronic diseases, and it's the chronic diseases that leads to those who have the highest level of fatality. Ninety-four percent of the people with pre-existing conditions um, were the ones that died from coronavirus. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with, as the doctor just pointed out, we're exposing the inequities in the healthcare system. There are two healthcare systems, one for the affluent and one for those who are middle and, and, and poorer economically that have to go to the safety net hospitals where we're not getting the same level of care that we deserve. And Erica, we, we got to move on to the, the phone lines because the phones are, are, are blowing up here. And I want to give people a chance also to to uh, to talk directly with Dr. Manny because we've had a lot of people just need some basic advice. What do you, uh, you can you let everybody know what you're doing on behalf of the MTA workers? Because my heart goes out to them, especially those bus drivers. And there's been some attacks, some yeah, some attacks on MTA workers. Uh, since since this started, and I don't know if they caught the guy that went after the 
the worker with the golf club. I mean, just crazy stuff. But um, it, it really is. It, it really is. Meeting with the leadership of the of the union leadership of the MTA, the union leadership of the Ace uh, uh, Child Protective services agencies the correction officers all of these essential employees that were put out in harm's way i have been having a conversation with them and um, we're going to be taking some corrective action but we've also have to give them masks and um, other protective equipment for the Absolutely. last uh, three to four four weeks and they're in harm's way and so uh, all of our essential employees, the 9-11 operators, the school crossing guards, the, all of our essential employees, the supermarket employees, the post office employees, we have been uh, giving them uh, all the equipment that we could get our hands on. And we have donated um, thousands of uh, items to hospital protective gear. So we're going to continue to do that. And this is only layer one, Lisa, trust me. But what's very important here is when you're in a mission of this, capacity you have the search and then you have the rescue part the rescue part is when you know you, you can no longer find alive bodies we're not at the rescue part we're still at the search part so we need to get right size what we're doing right now don't let people say let's wait till the hearings and let's wait till the reports are done and say we could have done better no we could do better now and we could save lives now we're still in the part of saving lives, not rescuing lives that were lost. Absolutely. I, I, we're, we're with you 100% on that, Eric. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Okay. We're definitely going to follow up with you on, uh, on yes. some, some of those things that you, that you brought up in those issues. But keep up the great fight, as always. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's always, there's always something that's facing, facing us, but it seems like we have an opportunity here to really turn things around, you know? Yes. Take care. Thank you. All right, Eric Adams. Thank you so much. That's uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. And Jack, I can take phone calls, right? Okay. We've got Jack the Mac on the board here. All right. 1-800-223-9797. Uh, Dr. Manny, let's go, let's go to the phones right now. Let's go to, uh, Tiff. Tiff, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, I'm an essential worker. I'm an EMT and I have a health concern with my job. Um, currently, they're uh, letting people work who have tested positive and it has been less than a week. Um, and if they had 72 hours without symptoms, they're allowed to come back to work without even having another test to say that they're negative. Um, so that concerns me because I have uh, severe asthma. I have a child at home who has severe asthma. Um, and I'm trying to keep myself as safe as possible. It has become less scary for me to deal with uh, the COVID patient. Now I'm more afraid of contracting something from employees because now a lot of the employees where I work are um, getting the virus, and I believe it's becoming community spread. All right, let's get um, let's, Tiff. Let's have uh, Dr. Manny address that. What what would ideally what you really should be doing, getting done, and and having done, and when, and then I'm going to put you on hold so Anaya can get your telephone number, and we can follow up with you. Okay. Okay. All right. For, here's Dr. Manny. Yes. Yeah, so. so the, we've had multiple calls around this exact same issue, right? Which means it's actually very real. (laughs) And MTA workers and EMT. Correct. And and it's it's getting scarier. If you have, we know that the virus, um, you know, people that have been infected and that recovered could still, right, uh, be infective hours after, I mean, like even days after they actually feel better. 
So you cannot, uh, you know, let people return to work without a test that is negative. You have to make do a negative test, right? If anyone else, because there's no law about that right now. Of but course, they, but can, there should be imagine, a policy. Could you imagine a big corporation having a, 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 an employee that that was positive and they felt better, and then they returned to work without a negative test? Of course not. Right. Right. So I think that the least requirement to return people to work is to show that they had a negative test because you need people that work with you to also feel comfortable. If if anyone that, you know, even at a grocery store, if you found out um, that the grocery store coworker um, had uh, was positive for COVID-19 and then they show up and the customers knew this was the case, they would not be in there. Right, I've heard cases of even of, uh, of places like Whole Foods actually testing their employees uh, for this. So people should be tested. You cannot let people return to work without testing them because you keep people worried, especially when you have people that have comorbid conditions like asthma. Right, so the caller is saying I have asthma, so you're high risk, and then you want them to put the, put themselves at risk. People are not disposable here. It's very important for so, us to so take what, care of this. So, and 72 hours is not enough, right? No, uh-huh. it's not. We've, I've, 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 we've seen reports of this actually go lasting up to eight days after people, uh, people, people that have recovered are still infected days after they actually recovered, right? And we're still getting to know this better. But at the same time, if we know it's 72 hours still, let's say, let's say there's a policy that says 72 hours. The least you could do is test those people after 72 hours to make sure they're negative. Before they get back into uh, the workforce. Exactly, Jack. Can you uh, can you put Tiff on hold? Can I take another call while I'm doing that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just don't want to disconnect people, and uh, and I is going to get her number. Okay, Doctor Manny. Let's go to uh, let's go to Nancy right now. A lot of questions on testing. Nancy, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Doctor Manny. Hello. Um, listen. Hi. Uh, I'm still not tested. I-, I called in a few weeks ago, and you know, whatever, but. I think people need to wait three weeks because that's the average time a virus takes to go through your body. Dr. Manny, do you agree? Wait, go, go to go wait, to your body? It, Nancy, say it again. In terms, in terms of after you test positive, you're saying, or what? Just, just refresh yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, case. from the day you, 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 from the day that you test positive, give it three weeks, people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand we all have jobs to work at, we all have money to make, we all have kids to take care of. But an average virus, once it enters your system, it takes three weeks for it to exit your system through, guess what? PP and poo-poo. No, no, correct. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 I agree with you. I, I, I think once you get infected, you want to give it... Uh, so first, you, if you've got an incubation period for this, right? It goes up to 14 days for incubation, right? Okay. From the time you get infected, you have symptoms. But you don't really know when you get infected. Correct. You don't know. So you don't, it doesn't matter what point you get a test, right? right. So, so, so if we give it 14 days uh, incubation period, and let's say you had no symptoms, or you're positive, you had symptoms, and you recovered... We know that after, even after that, it's still possible you may infect other people, right? So you might be a symptomatic carrier, but you don't have symptoms anymore because you control the symptoms, right? Which is what we do when you go to the hospital today because we know there's no cure. So what we're doing is managing the symptoms. So you, what happens is if you end up at that point when you're still infected and you return back to work, you're getting other people sick. There's no reason to be rushing right now, right? So even if you make the money now, there's no, you don't have to pay bills right now. <laughs> just hold, just be patient. We'll get back to normal. There's no need to rush this back in because we could get another spike and we could be in more severe lockdown <laughs> going uh, forward. On a more severe lockdown, exactly. Correct. So, so, so it is very important for us to be patient. Just stay home, relax. It's hard on everyone. We, we completely understand that. It's very hard. Right. But that's what we need to do to get back to normal. All right. Let's uh, 1-800-223-9797. Dr. Manny with us on Street Soldiers this morning. We are live here at Hot 97, right from the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. Let's go to um, let's go to Gina right now. Gina, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. 
Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, doctor. So my question is this. I'm a central worker. I work for a vertical farm, and we're hiring new people. So eventually, within a week or two, they're they're supposed to be testing us. And my concern is, okay, I can get tested today, and it's negative. But we're hiring these new people. We don't know where everybody else has been. How do I know that I'm still going to be negative in weeks to follow? So should I still be trying to get a test, like, every other week? Or... Like, I'm very anxious about all of this. So how do I know, like, one test is okay? That's a great question. We, That's a great should question. Should we get being tested numerous times? Gina, let's get, a, let's get an answer from Dr. Manny. That's a great question because a lot of companies, too, you have a lot of new people coming in, so you don't know what their usual, you know, you just don't know what their usual mode is or, or health level is. No, but it, it, the question is actually uh, very legit, right? So what we talked about, if you look at the testing, um, it's in several forms. So the current test that's available um, is uh, an antigen test, right? So you're looking for the virus, which means that literally you could be in a car and you have and you test. So let's say you test negative this morning and then you get in the car, hit the elevator button, you get infected with the virus, you touch your nose, right? <laughs> right? That could happen in real time, right? So so can you do continuous testing every single day? Um, that's probably the way to look at this is you should do it as you do diabetes testing, right? If that was a reality, <laughs> if we had enough tests, like, of course, you want to test on a daily basis to find out um, exactly where you are, where, where you stand until we have this antibody testing, right? So antibody testing will help us better because with antibody testing, you know, you've been exposed and if you responded to it and you could track that over, over time. So it's much better than what we have today. But for what we have today, this is repeat testing. You need to continue testing. So what? So what should? So for Gina, what should she be? She should be trying to get tested, if she can, like what every week or every two weeks, or well, well, only when she feels symptoms. No, no. So, so the reality of this is right now is what we all we all are in the same scenario, right? Even if we get back into the idea of traveling or going to concerts or movie theaters, we'll be, we'll be in the exact same situation, right? right? So you, everyone does a test, then you're negative. It doesn't mean that someone breaks into that like circle said, of trust, exactly. right? So if people are being tested before the join, the hope for the join the, the workforce where she works, the, the hope is that if they're negative, then that means they're not exposing anyone at work. But let's not forget that those same people then travel back home and <laughs> people might get infected the next day. Right. And so, 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 so really, the, really the best thing is you, you have to just, you have to be super clean, protect yourself as much as possible and stay healthy. That's until there's a vaccine. That's the long and the short of it. Right. Yes. That, that is the reality of it in, in the real world, in the perfect world, we should have testing for every single person at any given time. That, that's that's what should happen. But that's not the world that, that we live in today. We don't have enough tests um, available for people. As a matter of fact, um, even yesterday, uh, there was a report um, from CNN and Forbes about the CDC. The first batch of tests that were sent out were all fault. Majority of them were, were, were not actually working <laughs> from, the, from the CDC's lab. So, but the, but you know when you say that, and that's true. That was that that was widely reported. Mm. That people don't have confidence in what they're hearing anyway, because the CDC, the same ones that are the same ones that said, "Well, first, uh, first, you don't have to wear masks." Now right. everybody has. Now we have to wear masks. Um, by the way, in New York State, everybody know. Everybody should know this. Not, as of Friday not, night. not only should you not wear a mask, but they were proactively telling people not to buy masks. They were telling people don't wear it. <laughs> yeah, correct. So it's like, wait a minute. I mean. And then now this batch of testing that they did, you said the was uh, was uh, compromised. Yes, they had errors in, in the CDC's lab. So a lot of those tests were not accurate. So it delayed results for a lot of people that were probably sick. Some people probably died. Some people 
um, probably had false positives, false negatives, right? So this happened. And so people don't trust the test anymore, right? A lot of tests that were sent from by the CDC to states to use then have no use, right? So that's the problem, right? People don't trust the system. So it's very important you know, for, for, for communication to be very, um, you know, focused and actually in one direction. And if you make errors, it's okay. We could learn, but make sure we communicate that to people to understand why. All right, let's go to uh, Antonio right now. We're taking your telephone calls, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. I'm Lisa Evers. This is Street Soldiers. Dr. Manny with us in studio answering your questions about health and testing and all things uh, related to coronavirus. Antonio, thanks for calling. How are you doing? Antonio? Antonio, hi, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Ant- okay, well, I guess not. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Beverly right now. Beverly, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Beverly? Am I not doing oh, Hello? Hi, Beverly, you're on the air. Go right ahead. This is Lisa Evers. Yes, I'm calling because I have a concern. I work for a hospital, and I just wanted to know, like, when people are testing positive, they are saying, as per the CDC, you have to be out a week and then no symptoms for three days. But I don't understand that. I think that's what's making the employees go back to work because they're in fear that now you're not going to get paid and you're getting cleared by the occupational health um, services because they're saying, you know, you have no symptoms or you tested positive, but you're good because you were out a week. But they're saying this virus lives on your body for 14 days. And even when we keep it, I have to ask away. They said the virus lives on their body after 15 days. So I don't understand. But, um, Beverly, I'm glad you're asking this question because are you at Jacoby by any chance? You work at Jacoby? No, I work in a different hospital. A different hospital, Correct. okay. But the um, Do- Dr. Manny, this was an issue for some of the, the hospital workers actually did a protest about it at Jacoby last week. They were only being given a week if they tested positive for COVID-19. And then they had to come back to the hospital because of, you know, the, the heavy patient load. Uh, what, what can you tell Beverly about this? Correct. So in a, in a perfect world, right, we will wait to people recover and then people return to work. That's why we fight for this reason, we fight for the idea that frontline workers should have access to protective equipment, right? Because people are getting sick. If people get sick and they call up, then people that show up at the hospital, you have no one to take care of them. But then when they are sick, she's saying instead of getting the 14 days you're supposed to have after you test positive, they're only getting seven days, and then they're putting them back into the hospital. Correct. Does we, that make sense? It, it, it doesn't make sense, but they have that, that, that short uh, on, on staffing, right? So they, if they put people 14 days out, then they, who else is going to cover those shifts? Because remember, the same reasons we have shortage in PPEs is the same reason we have shortage in, in staffing, right? They don't have enough staff to actually cover things, right? I mean, I know right now they're hiring nurses out of state to move to New York City um, to help with and people that are retired are coming back into the right. workforce. Right, and, and Scott Stringer told us about uh, Assemblyman Reyes from the Bronx, she she was a nurse before she got into uh, public office, and then she went back to being a nurse because she had to help out. Correct. And so there's a shortage of this. And many clinicians are doing this. People that are retired, even going back into in, in, into the, into the workforce, right? So are we doing the right so, thing in that sense? No. It's actually putting more people at risk. What should uh, what should Beverly do? Obviously, talk to her, the nursing association, if she's in the the nurses union. Correct. I, I think you're already doing a great thing by bringing it up, uh, you know, on the publicly, radio, absolutely. publicly, for people to know about it, right? To you know, to say, hey, you should be ashamed of this, right? You should let people actually we recover fully. We should because you're reinfecting people and putting people at higher risk. If something was outbreak was there, Beverly, does that help a little bit? Yes, it does. I'm just 
It does, but I'm just so, you know, concerned on, you know, saying a person could go back to work, you know, with a mask. And I understand they're short of health care workers and um, saying that, you know, social distance. But in the reality, in the hospital, there's no social distance. Exactly. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, by definition, you're, you're right there hands on with the patient, especially the nurses, because you guys spend so much time. With them, and thank and thank you so much for what for what you and your colleagues are doing too, because the nurses are there. No disrespect to the doctors, Doctor Manny, but the the nurses are right there on on the front. You know, you're there with the patients for much longer periods of time. I think nurses are my yes. heroes. I say that all the time. Well, thank you, all right, Beverly. Ha- Beverly, hang hang in. The bottom the bottom line is, you know what? You you know when you've had too much with your you have to take care of your health first. That's Correct. number one. Right. That, exactly. that, is, that is number one. You got to take care of yourself. So thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. And and thank you for the work that, that you and the other nurses are doing for us. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Isn't that isn't that a shame? It's uh, extremely shameful that uh, that's what is happening. I'm and embarrassed as an American. I, I, I think that's uh, is great. Uh, you know, having a show, Lisa, and, and, and having people to call in that you talk about these things. Otherwise, we would never hear about these things, right? Because right? these are not things that are covered in the national media. Or in, no, right? and, so, but right. these are realities of things that people face on a day to day basis. And these work conditions is what it, what Bro President Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams was talking about. These work conditions for essential workers and these frontline workers just being used as a, treated as if they're disposable, and they're not. No, no, they're not. And it's very important because if people are getting sick and people are worried about their own communities, then they don't want to come to work. Then we'll be in an actual worse situation than where we are today. Do you think we'll see something uh, coming out of this like a, like a health, you know, like we have the National Guard, which are citizen soldiers. They're called up. We'll have like a health, some type of health health guard where there's volunteers that are called up or from other academic you know, from academia or or from other states or whatever, so it's more organized in the future for COVID nineteen or for no for just any pandemic. They get activated and you know to the hotspots. Correct. So I, I strongly believe that in healthcare in general for the future healthcare. I'm a health futurist, so right. <laughs> so I think I write about these things all the time. And the, the, the mission here is going forward. We'll be all of us will be more proactive about healthcare. You know, Eric Adams um, uh, earlier today talked about the lifestyle medicine kind of approach, right? If if we are, if if we make it a lifestyle uh, thing in our communities, right, then we're always ready for what's going to happen, right? Because even if a pandemic shows that, shows up down the road, we have less diabetes, less heart failure, less asthma conditions, and if we do have those conditions, then we know how to better manage it. And we we did we 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 are seeing a little bit of it with health with uh, in hip hop. We did our our hip hop health revolution and Styles P with the green juices and just a whole different lifestyle from what he used to have espousing for a lot with health with his his, his uh, amazing wife Ajua. So um correct and work, work with community leaders as well to have yeah. these community gardens, right? And, to and to educate too, right. uh you know the younger people how to actually grow these foods, right? How do you grow carrots and how do you grow tomatoes? Like it's is real. All right, let's let's uh try to take a call here. Is this Mula? Yes, yes. How you doing? Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Good morning how are morning, you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I I I mean I'm 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 dealing with it. But uh my my thing is first of all I'm a maintenance worker for the New York City Housing Authority in the Brooklyn area. Right? Okay. Oh, and wow. I just strongly feel like you know, life is being left out of the equation. Not to take away from all the other essential services, but we work around hundreds of people every day. We oh, in yeah. and the in and out of the departments, the caretakers, they take care of the developments, they clean the buildings and I just feel like the union is non exempt. Like they just they're not involved. Pretty much, and it's just it's frustrating because, you know, as we all know, that there's a lot of things that swept under the rug. There's right. hundreds of people dying and getting sick with the nitro. 
from the residents to the staff. So it's just a little, you know, my anxiety, you know, the PTSD of it all, it's just, it's just, it's just nerve-wracking and frustrating. And it's like, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? What do you do in this situation if you a maintenance worker or a caretaker, a maintenance worker being that he has to go into the apartment to make these repairs because, you know, believe it or not, you know, there are emergency services from floods, leaks, you know, to just everything that we do inside the apartment. And these are hundreds of people inside of these developments. You understand what I'm saying? No, Mula, I've done a lot of a lot of uh, reporting on NYCHA and um, over the years and uh, especially the last last couple of years. And what what was in fact, I did a story for Fox Five News this pa- this past week about NYCHA in terms of the issues uh, facing residents, but also the issues facing workers, because you you do. I mean, these emer- when you have to do emergency repairs, you have to go into the apartment. There can be a, and a lot of times there's there's families there, and and sometimes they're doubled up, and you have to go in there. Are you given are you given masks and gloves every day at, while you do this? Which, which leads me to my next thing. It was a a, a memo that came down saying that you're only supposed to have one mask per day and two pairs of gloves to last you the whole day. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. Two pair of gloves is not even a stoppage. Say we go into an apartment and we got a clear stoppage, you know, tub is filled with dirty water or whatever the case may be. That's not even enough for one job, yet they want you to do numerous amounts of jobs. It's like I really feel like NYCHA is being left out of the equation. <clears throat> not, to take about, not to take away from, you know, the MTA and things like that, but I did not hear the borough president mention the New York City Housing Authority. You know, uh, well, and then as far as like we contact the union, you know, the union, you know, they 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 working from home. You understand and, uh, which, so no, like, exactly. And which which union? What union represents you guys? Local two thirty seven. Local two thirty seven. All right, I'm I'm going to say this right now on the, on the air. Uh, local 237, if anybody wants to come on and talk with us about what you're doing for your workers that maybe we're not aware of or maybe we're not seen or maybe the shipment of gloves and masks didn't arrive yet, uh, we want to hear from you. You can hit, hit us up, streetsoldiers at hot97.com, or you can call in right now, and I will take your number. We'll talk off the air if you want first at 1-800-223-9797. And Mula, I don't think people understand. I've been in, I've been in many, many apartments these last two years. When there's a leak, it is, it is super nasty. When those toilets start erupting, that is disgusting. And you guys have to go in there and help those residents, uh, manage it. And I, I can't imagine doing that with like, no matter how you wash the gloves after that. That's it's, just. It's breakfast time, Lisa. I know. I'm sorry. It's, no, I'm just saying. It, what he's saying is real. It isn't like come on in here and change a light bulb. You know, it's like no, these are right. pipes. I'm sorry about that. But if, if you look but at I mean, it, it gross people out. But it's like but it's a real, it's a I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. So Correct. it's, uh, it's if, not, if, and these if, burst if, pipes and these water all over the hallway. And but how much is a glove? I mean, let's let's we're talking about, we're talking about right. nitro gloves here, right? right? So how much it costs to to make one glove? Mm-hmm. And you want someone to go into a job that is paying hundreds of dollars, and you are literally giving out. Two pairs of gloves. Exactly. We're talking about gloves here, right? This should be everywhere. We talked about this before. I don't think people should be actually be going out to go buy gloves or face masks. No. We should have them everywhere that people are forced to use them. Exactly. It should just be like on the counter. Correct. You should all grab over them. the place. Correct. Everywhere. Yep. All right, Mula, hang in there. We're gonna we're gonna put the word out to local two thirty seven. If you if you are are in touch with your union reps or whatever, we'd love to hear from them and uh, hear what they're doing to to, to protect the workers because. That's really that's really the name of the game right now is essential workers and frontline workers. What are we really doing for you guys? So so thank you so thank much you for too. calling. Thank all right, you, hang in there, thank hang you. in there, okay. All right, hang in there, all right, okay. All right.
All right, bye-bye. Street Soldiers, 1-800-223-9797. As I was saying, you know, what What are we saying? And thank God for our NBA players. Thank God for all of our entertainment humanitarians. Thank God for our rappers, like the one you're going to hear and when we come back in just a minute or two, who are donating PPE and donating gloves and masks and all sorts of things to uh, a wide variety of people because... It's you see you hear we we definitely definitely need it. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. When we come back, we'll have job will for you. WQHD HD one New York. This is a special coronavirus edition of Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot ninety seven. The grenades are getting launched. Welcome back to Hot ninety seven Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers, and. We are talking about the coronavirus crisis, what's being done in our communities, what you need, and, you know, what help is out there. Joining me in studio is Dr. Emmanuel Fambu. Uh, Dr. Manny, we call him. He's a medical doctor and surgeon. He's author of the best-selling book, The Future of Healthcare. Um, he's a public health expert and a medical futurist. And uh, D- Dr. Manny, every, pretty much every call we're getting now is from people that are our frontline workers and essential workers. Correct, uh, because they are risking their lives, and then if, and those are the people that that are mostly ignored a lot of times, right? So if you look at even on TV, a lot of times, yes, we thank our nurses and we thank our, our, the doctors and and everyone on the paramedics. We have people that deliver our food for us, right? People um, that make sure our transportation um, is is going smoothly. Uh, people that work in a, in a jail system that are, you know that are being ignored or, or not necessarily ignored but on the sidelines that right and we we're not necessarily recognizing them and so I think it's a great opportunity to thank all those people for being out there and making sure that we all live in uh, and function as a society. No, absolutely, and especially the people that are, you know, people that are struggling, people that are they're just trying to do what they can do, you know, just trying to do what they have to do to survive and also fulfill their jobs and everything. Correct. Did you watch the um, the Global Citizen concert yesterday? No, I didn't see it, but it sounded amazing. It's a good transition. The lineup. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> All right. Jarul, are you there? All right, we're trying to see. I see I see him coming up on the Zoom cast here and we'll we'll see if we can get him on the uh, Dr. May, let's take a call. I know Anaya and Rasan are going to be working on that right now to get Jarul up on the Zoom cast here and get him up on the air here at at Hot 97. Um let's take some calls. We have many many telephone calls and people that have questions for you. So, uh let let's go to um Ed right now. Ed, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How's it going? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I have a question. I'm a, I'm a building superintendent, um, <clears throat> and al- although we are not in the hospitals, we are in the homes and buildings where most of the patients are originally coming from. Um, my building has thousands of apartments. Um, we just got masked on Thursday. Although we had gloves and stuff like that, like, you know, have my staff, they're, they're working, you know, with cleaning the building and detailing and everything, how do we know that we're doing it properly? How do we know we're not taking this back home with us to our family? I literally been working for three weeks, seven days a week. More than half of my staff is out. Like, So I'm 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 here. I don't want to come out of my office, but my staff is out here doing what they do. How, how do we know we're not taking this stuff back home? Like, you know? Dr. Manny, what about that? Yes, so, so I, I think if you go into a building, you should definitely, I mean, we know that a lot of people that are actually infected are not in the hospital, right? They're home, right? If you look at the number of cases that we have, significant number of cases, and there are many people that are even carriers that don't even know because they don't have symptoms yet, right? Um, and so going into any building, especially if you go in door to door, 
you're definitely a higher risk of being exposed um, uh, to this virus. So, so the best way to protect yourself is to look at every single situation that you're in as a possible means of getting contaminated. So you want to put on your gloves, uh, definitely. You want to put on your protective uh, uh, mask. Uh, you should have had mask uh, a long time ago, right? But at least for now, uh, make sure you go and you put on a mask. Even uh, having those full body clothing. It's actually very interesting if you look at uh, other countries, even China, for example, right? And you see people go out to clean. They're fully they have equipped. those full hazmat. Correct. They like have the, the full hazmat suits, suit. what we would call the space Correct. Suit. And then you, you go in and then you, you get rid of them and you dispose of them when you get into any single place, right? Not going from door to door with the same outfit. But we should be flooded with, with PPEs. It should not be something where we have shortage of having one person with PPEs. This is it should be something that the, the markets, we talked about this, right? Rappers, uh, actors, uh, NBA players, NBA players are able to buy this thing out of China, right? You could get hundreds right. of thousands of this. I mean, right. I have friends right now that are trying to sell stuff on the site, and they have tons of this. But yet, the government is telling us they don't have access to this. Right? Stuff. The government, the uh, the the owner of the New England Patriots flew his own plane to China. Th that's what I'm saying, and then picking these things up, right? right. And, and so, if you think about it, it's not like these are designer items, right? So, right. it's not like hundred thousand dollars. It's got to be handmade by two hundred workers. It's not like five thousand right. dollars sneakers. I mean, these are these are disposable paper stuff. Like right. Buy tons of them so people could put out and dispose of. So that's something that we need to advocate for and push for because the lives of essential workers matters. Exactly. All right, let's take a, uh, a telephone call. Let's go to, um, oh, here's an interesting one. Okay, Joseph, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Dr. Manny. How y'all doing? All right, how are you doing? Good, good as well. Um, I have a quick question. Um, obviously, um, you know, we're all supposed to be wearing our PPEs daily. Um, since it's the law now, obviously I never, um, obviously I wore gloves, you know, plastic, um, the, the gloves plenty of times, but now as I'm wearing them, you know, constantly daily, I'm starting to like, you know, get swollen and have almost like an, like an allergic reaction to it. So like, what can I use to like, you know, treat the, the, the dryness and like the swelling in my hands because I'm constantly wearing these gloves. Are you, are you using latex it's gloves? Powder, it's non powder. It's non powder joints. Is it latex or nitro? Yeah, yeah yes. It's, yeah, it's latex. It's, it's, it's the synthetic vinyl powder free joints. Yes, I, I mean, I, I have the exact same kind of issue when I wear gloves. Like, sometimes it gets, like, sweaty, and it, right? I mean, it's not your body. Well, everybody, to, right? Yeah, correct. So it's not, like, the most... But some uh, people are more, their skin is more sensitive to it. Yeah, correct. So, right, yeah. right, right. Well, right, but I'm saying, like, not sweaty, but, like, after the fact, you know, after I wear the gloves, I dispose them. When I come in, when I come into my residence, I dispose them. I wash my hands immediately, but then afterwards I get a dryness, and then sometimes I get, like, a swelling. And that's from the gloves. Like, I already know that. Yeah, so. because, yeah because the are gloves are squeezy. Yeah, they're too tight. So that, no, that, not, not at all. I get a size bigger than, than the size of my hand. Do you put any lotion on your hands after you wash them? No, I'm serious because true, I know yeah. guys don't do it the way we do, the way women nah, do. No, I don't. No, nah, I don't. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't. You should they're put some lotion that. on that's it. That's what I'm saying. They're not saying that. I'm, like, I'm, say, I'm saying, I'm saying. And then put, put some alcohol on it. No, you, your hands are probably all dried out. That's probably what, you know, one of the issues is. Lisa got a bunch of lotion. I guess you could... Uh, <laughs> I do. I have, Lisa Brand. Lisa, I have so many, I have a lot of different lotions, um, but but Joseph, try just just try because it sounds like you're doing everything right. This is something right. we're, we're going to have to deal with. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a health expert, but I do it. I right, have, right, I, right. But my hands were starting to look like lobster claws between the sanitizers and the No, I'm serious. I w I want to wear the gloves now because I have the nail salon hasn't been open for a month, and my hands are <laughs> looking like lobster claws. It's, it's like I'm hiding them, like, but I have. 
have to when I have to hold that Fox Five microphone, I like tell the cameraman, I'm like, don't have my hands in the shot, you know, cut me up on the right. right no, right, so I'll tell you. I'm, I'll I'm just you. trying to make us laugh because it's it, it's it's annoying, but it's it's an, a necessity. I would just get just get one one of those one of those kind of lotions, um, like the Gold Bond lotions are really good for men. They're very they're very strong. Just get a tube for a couple dollars. You can get it in the. Um, you know, in, in any of the drugstores. Yeah, like the Rite Aid. Yeah, like a Rite Aid or whatever. And then I would just, right after, you know, after you wash it, dry them really, really well. That's a key. Right. And then, and then, right. and then put the lotion on. And those gold bond ones go in. They, um, they, 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 that's the one I've been using. They, they, that's the best one, right? They sink yeah. it. Yeah, I think so for the hands because, um, like I said, and you know, even before this, because I'm out, I'm out in the street so much, and I'm talking to people. Right, yeah, right. A lot I of hands. Imagine, yeah, you out there too. All the all the time. So the the right. other other lotions get greasy, or they have too much of a scent. Right, you know, you right. Yeah, get, I don't want that. You don't want to, you know, that that's uh that's the issue for guys, especially. So it's like the um just the gold bond ones. They have like a whole line of them. They have little tubes. They have bigger, you know, like a bigger pump thing you can keep right right on your sink, you know, in your bathroom or your kitchen, right. where you wash your hands when you come in the house. Just dry them. Put the gold bond on. If you start doing it every like I started doing it for. Um, you know, religiously, like, and it, it's really, it's really made a difference. So, and I, and okay. I, and I'm constantly sanitizing, washing gloves on, gloves off, and right. and a lot of and a lot of washing because there's just a, you know at points like right, one, yeah, that's you're cool. in one yeah. place. So, so try that, and um, I would highly, I would highly recommend it because it's it sinks in, but it won't be greasy, and you won't feel gross or you know smell funny. Okay, okay? I appreciate that. I appreciate, right. it. And, and, and I also want to say thank you for keeping it. Honest and, and, and always giving us the, the exact information throughout the metropolitan area. So I thank you, Lisa, and thank you, Dr. Manning, for for keeping it real with us. All right. Well, thank, they, you. thank you so much. I, I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Thanks. Joseph. Take care. Okay. Um, all right. Let's go. Uh, let's see if we have him right now. Rule, are you there? Hey, it was Lisa. What's going on? How are you feeling? All right. How are you feeling? I'm great right now. I'm actually I'm up in my office. I'm working, so all good. I see that now. Now normally you would be uh, about to get on a plane from someplace you performed at the night before, and we would never. Yeah, right. You know, it's a whole different thing now, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, it's a Sunday, so I'll probably be headed home today. You know, on Sundays I I try to make it home, make it home to the family, and and you know, do the Sunday family thing. So, which is a great, which is a great thing. That's why I stayed married for 19 years. Yeah, right. So Jeez. yeah, congratulations. That's like, that's like 100 years in in, in hip hop, right? <laughs> like <laughs> congratulations to you to you and your wife. She's always uh, been by your side and yeah, we we yeah, love her. We love rock. her. That's yeah. my rock. I appreciate. It. I let her know, Lisa. I tell her. Yeah, too. tell her. <laughs> no, we love it. But um Jarul, it you you know, everyone knows you of course, hip hop star, businessman, philanthropist and uh you were with us. We were talking the caller that we had, you know, the end of the last hour was a NYCHA yeah. worker, which you, you've been with us on the fight with NYCHA for the last couple of years as well. But you've been doing some yeah. some things. And the reason I wanted to talk with you now was because, um, you know, this coronavirus thing is really hitting our communities very, very hard. And you've been doing some it is. some some great stuff. So I wanted you to just tell people about what you've been doing and, and how you got involved in it. Well, I, you know, um, my 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 guy, David, uh, Prince that works with me, um, with I, with my company Icon. He uh he approached me about doing something with not not give a sock and and giving away some of my my mask to the homeless. And I thought that was a, a, a an amazing you know thing you know an angle to take you know 
because everybody's been doing something, doing what they can. And, you know, every, every, everything's been kind of geared at the essential workers and stuff, which they need the most. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, but the, the ones that get forgotten about a lot often, almost all the time are the homeless. And, and you know, right. they, they, they don't have a, a home to go to and, and stay home and, and, and quarantine and, and shelter in place and all this stuff. So, you know, I, I thought I thought that was a great thing. So I donated two thousand of my masks, or over two thousand masks, to uh, not not give a sock and uh, the homeless shelters here in uh, New York City. And um and then I seen uh, something on uh, Instagram and uh, a friend of mine, Scott LaRock Jr. I know you know Scott. Yep. Uh, Scott Shout LaRock Jr. Scott. He hit me up. Yeah, he hit me up and and, and was talking about the hospital in right here in Lincoln. Lincoln Hospital in the right. Bronx, and um, you know they they were picking in and, and protesting, you know, about not having the right equipment to work. And I was like, "That's this is a disaster. If, if we lose the people who we need the most to save us to help us, this this thing could spiral out of control very very fast." You know, so you know, Scott, I hit me up about donating some of my masks to them. So I was like, "Yeah, man, sh- you know, sure, of course." And I, I so I took another thousand out to them. And and now the funny thing about that is that after I did that, my mom seen it. Uh, uh, she seen it on my Instagram feed, and she hit me. She's like, "You know, you know, boy, you know, I was born in that hospital. That's my hospital, Lincoln Hospital." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> shout out to Mom's Rule. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my Dukes, man. My Dukes, shout out to my man. Dukes. No, but thanks for all, yeah. the, all the great work you're doing. Uh, this is Dr. Manny gotta, here, Rule. You like him. I, I, I be, hey, Dr. Manny, what's up, man? I've been a big fan. I went to medical school listening to your music. So. <laughs> hey, there we go. I, I'm glad I can help some of the dots through, through, through the time, you know? Yeah, I did. Actually, I got a buddy of mine actually in, in England right now. He says, hey, you're on with, with, with Jar Rule. Uh, tell, tell, tell him I was a screaming fan in his Manchester concert in Manchester, UK. <laughs> in yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Uh, but but that's good. But how do you get access to all these gloves that the government can't? Which is a great question. Yeah, rule. Right? Excellent, the excellent question, Doctor Manny. Rule. What about that? Um, I, I you know, I just I I, I made them. I, I started <laughs> making masks. You know, I got with a company and and made some masks, and, and I, I I I sell some as well. I have some stylish masks that I made for my company that I wanted to, you know, help promote the company, you know, and, and stuff. So, you know, in the process of that, I said, man, we're going to donate, you know, a, a gang of masks. For every mask sold, we donate another mask, you know. So we, we, we've we been doing that. And I've, I've donated way more masks than I've sold. <laughs> Correct. And I think that, that that's actually a big business going forward, actually, because everyone is going to have a mask. Right. <laughs> right. And you're going to get tired. But it's true, Dr. Manny. It it's is. so sad, but it's true, man. People are going to. Want to, you know, wear something a little more stylish, though, you know, and, and and not be stuck to the to the regular, you know, white bass. So, so I, I I tried to give them a little something. You know, a little, yeah, yeah. See yeah, what I'm saying? Look, that got, that's right. Got, we, we, got, we, got, we, we got swag together. He got, 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 got the camo. He's got the street soldier. He's got the street. He got the camo for street soldiers. We need soldiers. designer ones, though. We need some from him. We need, you know what? Do you think this? <laughs> yeah. Wait, rule. So, are you predicting? You think this is going to be like a, um, you know, like sneakers? Like you can't just have one pair of sneakers. You got to have different sneakers for different yeah, occasions I mean, and moves. Of course, you're going to want different masks. Like, listen. If I'm wearing all black, I don't want to wear a, 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 a green mask. You know what I'm saying? Right. I wanna, yeah, I wanna, or, you know, so I, I think people are going to, 
you know, put a little, put a little style to it. I mean, it's just how we are as people, man. <laughs> We're not going to let nothing get us down too long. You know, we go, we're going to jazz it up a little bit, you know? Shit, we made chitlins a delicatessen. A delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> So 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 you think it's going to be like uh, you know the hip hop swag where where you got to have your fitted match your t shirt match your sneakers. There's going to be like a whole thing now. You're gonna the mask Listen, is going to be a big I, part I, of it. You know, actually, I pray it does not get to that. I pray we, we can go back to being who we are and and we seeing each other's beautiful faces and smiles and stuff. I like that a lot better than wearing masks and and covering up and social distancing. You know, I, I I'm a people person so. I, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to, to giving hugs and high fives, you know? No, you know, exactly. back in the day, Michael Jackson used to put on the mask, right? And he, he was ahead of his time, man. That's what I'm he saying. always like, knew he was ahead of his time. That's well, right. In a, lot of, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. But well, when you look at how much things have changed right now, because even, I mean, I, w I was just, uh, I sent Dr. Manny the, the NYCHA town hall that we did that first one with you in January 2018. Yeah. And it's just, you were, you were so great to come out there because a lot of people weren't speaking out then. And, um, you know, to support the residents and also to, uh, you know, you, you stayed you stayed for so long afterwards, you know, everyone putting their yeah. arms around you, taking selfies. And it's just yeah. like we can't do that right now. You know, we can't you be can't like with that. people like you that, you know, that. you know, it's so crazy because I actually think I had COVID. And, 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 and this is crazy because I, when I came home from Super Bowl in February, in February, I was sick. Like, I mean, super sick. I, I you know, it, it, I had 102 fever. It, it was the sickest I've ever been. So I went to the, I, you know, I thought it was just a regular cold, maybe starting to catch a pneumonia or something on the verge of that or whatever. So I went to the doctor once I got home, but I was getting better. You know, my, my uh, symptoms were starting to pass. And then um, I, I went to the doctor anyway because a friend of mine called me and said, listen, you should go because I went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with uh, uh, the flu and bronchitis. So I said, all right, you know what, let me go because I was around him and he was coughing all over the place. I said, you know what, let me go. So I went and they diagnosed me with bronchitis and gave me an asthma pump. I ain't never had no goddamn asthma pump. They gave me steroids, uh, antibi antibiotics, and they gave me the asthma pump thing which I think was a butyrol in, in the asthma pump. Correct. So so I, I've never had any of these things. So now I, I take them, I you know, use them or whatever. I got better. But it was the worst time. It was the worst I've ever been. And and then the whole, you know, COVID news comes out, you know, weeks later that it's running rampant through the country. And I'm like, damn, you know, I may have, I may have had it and not even realized it. A lot of people got sick of Super Bowl. You know what? Can I so, tell you something? You're you're the you're the third or fourth person that has told me that from Super Bowl weekend. They had like a yeah. like a severe like exactly what you were saying. Yeah, this I mean this was around in November, December, January, and no one knew about this, right? And, and so there are many people that died from this in January, and they think they died from something else, right? It was COVID nineteen. The numbers of mm. people infected, as we go back and look at uh, the, the medical records, those numbers are spiking because a lot of people had this and had absolutely no idea that they had it. But Jerry, I mean, it looks like you're in good shape. So I mean, so that's probably why you, you made it, right? I mean, I had friends that I, that I know who have been sick, and then by the time they took the test and went home, they actually felt better <laughs> before the results came back. <laughs> wow, that, that's it takes like five days to get the results. I, I have Correct. some cases like that too. Some friends that went through that. Yep. Correct. 
Wow. So, Rule, in, ter- in terms of the reaction that you've been getting from people, and because for, for entertainers like yourself, for artists like yourself, you do a tremendous amount of touring every year. You're like all over the, yeah. all over the world. And, uh, yeah. it, it's like, how has this, like, what do you think this is going to do to just the way, you know, the, the way we listen to music, our artists? What, what is it? First of all, there's a lot of artists and DJs and entertainers, you know, con- concerned about the bottom line, you know, what's going to be happening. Yeah. I I have um, somewhat of a solution. I think could work for entertainers. Um, it'll work even a little better than than the solution I think that's being put forward for for sports. You know, p- playing sports without the crowd is is um, not the same, right? It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to watch. It's probably not hard for the players. But it's difficult to watch. It's like you, you, you <laughs> exactly. see. What he's saying is, I don't know. He got, I think he, he got a business. He got, he got a business uh, angle here. I, I, yeah, <laughs> but, but, he's a businessman. No, Come but, on. But I, but, but I think I think with with entertainers, like let's say I go and I rent out, I don't know, uh, uh, Paramount Theater for the, the, the night, and I say I'm going to put on a concert. Now, I can probably do that with five, six, you know, ten people, you know, without a crowd. Right. Film it virtually and put it out to the world. So now everybody can see my concert, millions of people. But you'd have to pay for it now. Don't get me wrong now. This is not a freebie (laughs) here. You'd have to pay for it. But the prices could be much lower than you would pay for a regular concert. Right, because now it's it's so broad, everybody can watch, and 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 you can give the people a really good show because you're in the venue. You know what I'm saying? Like on a real stage, right? It's not like you're. It's not all right. Just watch the language. Just watch the language. We're on the on the FCC side, baby. I know we feel like we're talking, talking. We are, but we're on the radio. You know, FCC's listening here. Okay. My, no, my bag, no, no, uh, right. Uncle Rule, sorry. <laughs> These things happen. But anyway, so you're saying that that might be some way that it's the entertainers and, and that could be that could be uh, like a whole I think new thing. That's something, I think that's something that we, we'd have to look, look into going forward because, one, the venue gets to get rented out, so they get to make money, you know. Some some people will make some money because they got to work the venue, they got to work the lights, they got to work the, you know. So, but 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 through all of that, you can ba- you can basically social distance. The light guys way over there, the sound guys way over here. Right. You, you know. You know. It's like we're way away from each other, and then I'm on the stage. I got my DJ and my dancers or whatever's going on, and 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 I think you can you can be pretty much as safe as safe as it gets. So you have your band and your dance or whatever. You can, you can be as safe as you can get. And I think we can try something like that until we get back to crowds. But how, how does I, it I feel, though, Jaro? I mean, how does it feel being, uh, yeah. if you're performing by yourself in the crowd? Yeah, without the crowd energy. energy yeah. Crowd? I get energy way? when I talk you, to, you, like, you I, really, you really do. You, 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 you do, feed right? off the crowd. You want them there. You want them there to, to, to sing along the songs with you. So, you know, I, I get it, man. I, you know, Maybe someone can build something that uh, works a little better and helps. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 you know, I, I, you know you, but you know, you know, you know what show people want to see right now. You know what people want to see right now because these IG battles are going. It's like I it's love like, the IG battles. 
Man, I, I, so I tell feel us bad that. for Teddy last night. Everybody's <laughs> hitting Teddy with the memes, man. Hey, people, you know, these things happen. Technical difficulties happen, man. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> and listen. And you know what's crazy? Teddy actually tried to give us the best sound possible by having that elaborate setup. Right. And it kind of backfired <laughs> on him, but yeah. It sort of did, but you know, in, ter- in terms of the IG battles, you know, the you know, yeah. social media has been buzzing about you battling Fifty Cent. What about <laughs> that? <laughs> you know, I, I I never back down from a battle, man. I love it, and my and and my my um my my catalog speaks for itself. You know, I have a great catalog, and it'll be dope for hip hop. You know, it'll be fun, and, and it's for the culture. And it's you know, versus is about love and respect. For 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 each other's catalogs and what you've done for music and what what you put you know what what you know what you've contributed. So you know I don't know if me and him could do that because it, <laughs> <laughs> we just don't yeah we we're oil and water you know so I don't know if that'll work and and and, and to 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 you know just just for respect of the culture I would never want to disrespect the culture and and let me and his little thing get into the love and respect of what Versus has brought to the culture for each other's, for, you know, for artist catalogs and, and the artistry. I would never, I would never. <laughs> so, so you, so you're like really on the high road this morning here. This is like church almost. It's Sunday, Lisa. It's su- <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so, so, in, so is there anybody you would battle in a fun way without it being like a, uh, you know, steel cage match with 50? I'd ba- I'd battle anybody. Like I'd battle him too if he knew how to act civil and be- and be a grown up. You know what I mean? But <laughs> we we all know that that's not that's not reality. And 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 the reality is, you know, with him, you got you you know you got to talk dirty to him. This this is no, you know what I'm saying? It's just no. So so that, so that's what I mean. You can you I, I wouldn't disrespect persons like that. And Tim and Swiss. They they don't want that. They want this to be what it is about, about the culture, love, right? About the culture and and what you know you know what I, what these what this music has meant to people over the years. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and my music definitely brings a good vibe. People remember barbecues and birthdays and, and and stuff like that and weddings. You know, people getting married to put it on me right now. You know, so you know that's that's what my music represents. It represents a, a really fun loving time in hip-hop a good time in hip-hop all right well let me uh let me ask you to give a, a shout out and then uh how about taking some phone calls because we have a lot of people here that would like to just they got questions for dr manny maybe you can just give them yeah. some uh some support you know some moral support but man i got questions for dr manny go ahead, i got a go big ahead. one for dr manny hold on i got i gotta ask dr manny this so is there any chance dr manny because i i got a conspiracy theory here Oh, here we go. Okay. Is, is there, no, I do. Is there any chance that this coronavirus, this COVID-19 uh, disease, virus, whatever you want to call it, could be like some sort of mistake that happened in a lab somewhere in Wuhan? Actually, it's not a conspiracy theory. Um, actually, there's substantial evidence from the State Department uh-huh. transcripts. Yes, yes, there's actually evidence um, <laughs> uh, supporting this, and I um, it's highly likely, um, right, uh, that this came out of a lab. 
that someone the Wuhan province is um, known. That lab is known for developing biochemical warfare agents. Correct. Remember, there are labs all over the country, even the U.S. That actually yeah, we have our own work, too, I'm work sure. on, on, on this uh, biological weapons, right? Um, if you go down to Rockville, Maryland, I mean, they have things happening around the country, right? Um, and so it's not highly unlikely that it's happening. If you look at Ebola crisis as well, Ebola um, out of West Africa, notice when people were coming to New York. And the Americans that got infected, they were all doctors and scientists that came out of a particular region, <laughs> right? It was not the average person that was getting infected. Remember? Oh, yes. The doctor, yes, the doctor yes. that got infected. So people, yeah. so these things just break out of the lab. So I think it broke out. They didn't take it seriously. And, and, and here we are. Because if you go back, actually, to look at the idea of it came from bats. I mean, how long are these people in China been eating these bats? For long, for years and years, if they actually eat bats, right? Why now? Yeah. You have this outcome. So it's not... Actually, I don't think it's a far-fetched conspiracy. I think actually last week we had uh, the data from uh, the State Department. State Department, State Department actually, wire transfer warning, warning about the lack of security at the Wuhan uh, biological facility. Correct. So, yeah, it's not far-fetched. That is actually a much better conspiracy than 5G. Exactly. Don't bring- <laughs> this is more realistic than 5G, right? And, and so, yeah. Uh, you, you, the thing that made me think, think that way is because the government has never reacted like this, ever. To, to any of these type of flu viruses, you know, H1N1, swine flu. We've never reacted in this kind of way, shutting down the whole world. Right. It's, it's the whole world. Right. It's exactly. Not it's the entire world. Exactly. The whole world is shut down. So, so that made me think like, maybe they know something we don't. And then, and then, you know, I see our elected officials. They're really not practicing anything that they're telling us to practice. They're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. They're just doing whatever they want to do. So I'm like, they they know something we don't, and they probably have their vaccines and stuff already. They're good. They're on deck. And they're trying to figure out how to get it out to the masses, but they got it in doses on how to, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. No, I mean, I work, I work in drug development for a long time, right? So I've, I've brought a lot of drugs in the market. Uh, yeah. <laughs> legal drugs. Legal drugs. He means legal drugs. <laughs> right? No um, bricks. Yeah. They all come in bottles. <laughs> legal drugs. With prescriptions. Yes. Some use illegally off, off label, but uh, yeah, a lot of drugs in the market. But I, I'll tell you that right now in, in this particular space, there are a lot of uh, companies and investors putting money behind research to come up with you know, the right vaccine for, for certain things. Is it true that based on your social economic status that you have better access to healthcare and different 100%, kinds of drugs? Correct. 100%. Right. If, Absolutely. Yeah, correct. So if you, so that there are drugs that people are tested that you might be able to get access to. If you're the prime minister or you're a top celebrity like Jarul, you might get access to that. Right. But the average folks like myself, you, you might not get access to that. And also to Let me tell you. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, cut you off, Lisa, no, but ahead, I ahead. tweeted about this the other day and I was just saying, that, you know, a lot of rappers with these chains and these cars. And I, I was just saying, hey, listen, fellas, the only thing that counts right now and the most valuable thing to you right now is your area code. Because I'm telling you where I'm at, oh, they taking care of these rich folk over here. They do, <laughs> trust me, they had the, the, the testing thing here early. You can go test, rapid test, all kind of stuff. And I'm like, see, this is the difference. In the hoods of this suffering out here, this they're basically they're spoiled with it. They have so much. They're like yeah, and, and yeah, Ja Rule. Yeah. And we were just we were talking we were talking with Bro President um, Eric Adams, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, and also too it's like the statistics. Last week we were or week two weeks ago almost now we're reporting the the death rate for African Americans and Latinos is twice that for whites in New York and New York City. So it's it's and also economically there's an economic. 
dis- 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 disadvantage with that with that too. But to your Wuhan thing, you know, there was a novel people were talking about this 1981 Dean Koontz. I seen it. I read it. Did you read that? The dark. What's it called? The darkness. The eyes of darkness. Yes. Eyes of darkness. To the T. Did you read that, Doctor Manny? Yes, I did. Yeah, I read it. What do you guys think? I read it to the letter. Correct. You described it to the letter. Correct. And if you go back, actually, if you listen to Bill Gates giving a talk, um, yep. his test talk not long ago, talked about similar kind of pandemic. If you go down and Obama in 2015 talking about exact same kind of thing. So the idea of pandemics has not been like It's not strange. brand new. And all the movies. I mean, look at all those movies about yeah. pandemic. Remember the Antrax stuff back yes. then? Remember yeah. Antrax? Yeah. Where someone was mailing yeah. out Antrax? After, after, after 9-11. That came out of a lab. That came out now, of a lab. Antrax... Now, am I correct? Anthrax was in the lab too. That that that, that that was an accident as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we never found that. Who licked it from the lab, right? But this was my lab, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, so, so it is reality that this that uh, a lot of viruses have been out of labs, right? But in this case, um, we will never know. <laughs> it's one of those conspiracy things that no one will ever say yes, we did it. <laughs> but now we know, yeah. for example, but the indicators are there. There's al- there's always fingerprints when there's that much. Even going the government on, now is telling some... us that they have yeah. evidence that it came out of a lab in China, right? right. So so um, this this this. There's other things. There's something else I want to bring some light to, man. And, and I think this is very important that we say this right now. Um, racism is not cool on any level. A hundred percent. So I see people, uh, uh, you know, being racist towards, you know, Asian yes. people in America. And I see the, 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 the very sad thing that's going on in China with the Africans. Okay. This is not cool. This is not who we are as people. This should not be you know, uh, a finger pointing uh, situation between races. We're all in this together. And I and I think we, you know, we should all just take a moment to step back and kind of analyze and understand what we're going through. This is a worldwide uh, pandemic. This is not, you know. One area or one country. It's, yeah, this is not subjected to one area or one uh, country. This is, this is everybody. And I think this is the, this is the time. Now nah, we need each other. We should, you know, spread love and, and yeah, yeah, and be together on this. And, and I just, it's sad to watch some of these things going on, man. It's really, really sad. No, absolutely. Rula, I, I want to ask you to give a shout out to Carmen Quinones from uh, Frederick, the president of the Frederick Douglass Houses, your friend. They won, hey. I, th- I forget what country you were in during the summer, but they have an award waiting for you there, Frederick Douglass. <laughs> no doubt. We okay. got to get that. We got to get, get my award. All right. <laughs> let's, um, well, let's take a call or two, okay? Okay. And we'll hear from some of these uh, fr- from some of these uh, first first responders here. Let's let's go to uh, Tina. Tina, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hey, Tina, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yep, you're on the air with uh, Lisa, Doctor Manny, and Ja Rule. Go right ahead. Oh my God, I can't really believe I'm on the phone with Ja Rule, but that's amazing. Hi, how are you? I'm how Tina. You doing? I'm how you doing? See, I, I should have been around. I should have been the rapper. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is this is like the Dave Chappelle skit. Uh, we got Ja Rule on the line. <laughs> Are you making fun of my radio skills? Wait a minute. I'm an award-winning broadcaster and a serious reporter. I want you to know that, okay? <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, baby. Thank you. All right, Tina, give us, first of all, you're a nurse, right? So thank you for what, thank you very much for what you're doing. I'm a nurse in a hospital in New Jersey. I'm not in an ICU or ER, but I'm in a labor and delivery unit. But, you know, we're delivering babies. And, um, you know, we're we're keeping ourselves really safe and um, really supporting each other. But my question is, 
what we've been told, and, you know, we, we even got, like, you know, emails. They're letting us know um, for a couple weeks now that if we are, um, you know, contracted, if we contract the coronavirus at work, um, that they will pay us for the first um, four days, because we do three nights a week. We do 12-hour shifts. Right. You do but four hours and that, off. Okay. And, yes, and they will, and they will pay us. But we're using our own accrued time, okay? So they're not paying us. That's our time. You understand what I mean? Yes. And they're saying beyond that, you know, then it would be um, we wouldn't be able to use our time, and we would have to either go and collect some, almost like a family leave, you know, like you could you can start collecting that if you would go beyond that point. So I don't understand how we can be forced if we contract it at work to use our own accrued time. I don't, I don't understand that either. What. Dr. Manny, what do you well, think about what, that? I mean, we have emails about it, and, you know, it's official. <laughs> that's it's what it bad, is. It's another bad decision, right? You, you want people to be on the front lines and, and sacrifice their lives to take care of people, but then if they get sick, then it's on them. Right. Right. If the, so you don't want to give them PPEs, but if they get sick, it's on them. Right. <laughs> right. Which, that, that, is, ter- yeah. which is terrible. Um, Tina, how are the moms doing? Because that, I mean, that's got to be stressful. That's got to be stressful for the new moms, yeah. especially the first time moms giving birth in a hospital now. You know, you're surrounded by all these people, you know, fighting for their lives in this deadly disease. How are they doing? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it is. It's stressful for them. And it's, it's a stressful thing anyways, but it's also a really amazing, happy time. For yeah. when, when you think about when you had your own children, it's like the most, you know, it's one of the most joyful things that you'll ever go through. So it's really interesting because on one hand, it is a scary time, but it's such a beautiful time for them that we really do try to still keep that very special for them that's as so much great. as we can. That's why, that's yeah. why, that's why nurses, you guys are, you guys are my heroes. Ja Rule, give her a quick word here and then we got to take a little break, please. Man, we appreciate you guys. I just want to say thank y'all for y'all uh, service and work right now. This is a very trying time for everybody and you guys are the ones that's really dealing with it the hardest and dealing with it the most. So we appreciate you. I cannot believe that I got on the phone with Ja Rule today. Like, seriously, it's amazing. Listen, come on, street street soldiers. We're we're all about the love. Many years. Much love. I appreciate it. Thank you. Just a voice, right? You hear the voice, you know. All right, Tina. Yes, I hear the voice. All right. Hopefully, he gave you. Hopefully, he gave you a little boost. Okay. Keep up the. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much. Much love. That, that's what we do here at Street Soldiers. We're bringing people together. And uh, we've got to take a short little break here, Rule. And uh, Dr. Manny, okay. hang in there. We'll be right back. we got more phone calls. We'll take it right up to the top of the hour. Street Soldiers, Lisa Evers, Ja Rule, Dr. Manny, taking your phone calls, 1-800-223-9797. We weren't kidding when we said here at Hot 97, we're here for you. We're all in this together because we are, and we're going to make it through. We'll be right back. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers. Welcome back, everybody. Your girl Lisa Evers here. Hot 97 Street Soldiers, our continuing coverage of the coronavirus crisis. You are not alone. We're with you here at Hot 97 24-7, uh, streaming live on Instagram Live right now, at Lisa Evers. And we're going to be posting this entire show, uh, this epic show, really, um, later on today, this afternoon, thanks to Rasan Brascombe and the whole digital team. Uh and Lou Mercado, everybody working hard on this for us, Anaya. And uh, we'll have it there on the Hot 97 YouTube page later on this afternoon 
for you. But I got Dr. Manny with us in studio. Dr. Manuel Fambu, he's a medical doctor and surgeon, author of the best selling book, The Future of Healthcare. He's a public health expert and medical futurist, been holding it down with us on the whole medical tip since the very beginning of this. And we're also joined um, by Ja Rule, and you know who he is hip hop superstar, yeah. businessman, hey. philanthropist. And uh, we got a ton of phone calls 1 800 223 9797. Rule, you ready to take some calls here? Give some people a little. Uh, you know, little sure. boost here. Let's okay. Some calls. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Let's go to Brian right now. Brian, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Brian, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, Lisa? Um, All right. Uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, taking my call. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm a New York City firefighter. I actually just got off my shift right now. Oh, wow. Thank you for and, what you do. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for using your platform to, you know, in a positive way. I really appreciate you guys. I just want to let you guys know, uh, as a first responder myself, um, I want to say a, a thank you to all hospital workers. I have family members that are in, and uh, I don't think everybody realized how serious this was and how serious it still is. You know, coming from a, a first responder role myself, we still see this on a daily basis of the deaths, you know, and uh, the way the way strategy and protocol actually has to change to adapt to this. Um, Are you talking you about know, the do not resuscitate? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly the do not resuscitate. You know, normally um, I started off on the EMS portion of the fire department. Okay. There's strict protocols as far as what you do in those specific situations and the way that this has completely altered it as far as, you know what? It's like 10, 15, 20 minutes of resuscitation. And if it's not there no more, that's it. It's gone. Exactly. And there's no trans there's no transport. There's no nothing. Um, I don't think people realize the seriousness of this. Um, yeah. I think no, you guys no. are using the platform. Great. I really appreciate what you guys do as, you know, as far as your tools and reaching out. Um, I just feel that this is definitely a time where we need to see how, Coming from, I'm, I am a firefighter, but coming from the EMS portion, they are highly underappreciated, underpaid, underrecognized. They are in extreme danger as far as exposure. this whole pandemic goes. Exposure, right? You know, and I mean, hospital workers as well, too, you know. So, Brian, let me ask you this, because because uh, we, we had Oren Bartholay yesterday, the head of the EMS union on the phone. I posted last night on my Instagram and uh, Twitter at Lisa Evers, the uh, the directive that came from the New York State Department of Health, where it's basically after 20 minutes, you don't resuscitate anybody. But even if they apparently look dead and you, you can't you can't use the defibrillator on them and get them back right away, they're supposed to be presumed dead and the body's left there in the apartment or the house for sometimes as long as a day or two. And who knows, in NYCHA, wow. NYCHA it's been even longer. That's got to be taking a toll mentally on people like yourselves, um, you know, the first responders that you, you guys got into this because you want to save lives, you know, and not uh, knowing that you're not... Crazy. You're You're 100% right. I mean, aside from the, the toll it takes on the family, there's times where we get called back to that scene because the family had no choice but to either say we're going to let them go here and now we need to get called back to pronounce you know and it's just heartbreaking it's, it, yeah it's heartbreaking you know you've seen some of these stories of the you know these first responders on the news and to try to shelter your feelings from that uh, you can only do it so much 
Yeah, and you can only stay professional, and then at a, after a certain point of time, it's just like it all catches up to you. You know, it's got to. It is. You know, these these healthcare workers and these EMS and the first responders, they're tired. You know, they they are doing tireless shifts of this, and it's it, you know it's it's yeah. saddening because at some point it's numbing. No, it is. Will, what do you, uh, Brian? Thank you so much for what you do, and uh, thank you for highlighting the the work of the of these. Uh, uh, you know, your fellow uh, first responders with, with EMS, okay, with the, the EMS. You, you the too as well. Lisa, thank you for your platform. Ja Rule, thanks for everything, man. I really appreciate your guys' voice. You guys help us out a lot. Right. I listen to you guys every thank day. Thank you too, man. Appreciate it. All right, Brian. All right, Brian. Thank you so much. Well, this has been something that's that uh, we've been talking about for a couple of weeks on the show. These, uh, you know, what they call the DNRs, the do not resuscitate. It's basically wartime. Yeah. Wartime and. Uh, Really, really tough. And yesterday we're asking, why are they tightening? Why are they making it even shorter amount of time to save somebody when now supposedly the deaths are going down? Why do you think that? Correct. So, so these are people dying, um, you know, from things like having a heart attack or having a stroke, right? Having which may a, or may not be COVID related. Correct. Which is not COVID related. These are people having traditional emergencies that are normally called 911 for, right? right? And, they, and right. They, they don't have enough time to take care of them. But the biggest impact here is on the family members that get to deal with this particular crisis and the healthcare workers, like the, the paramedics that are there and how they, they handle this. Uh, you know, Rule, I mean, being, being a celebrity, I'm sure you've been exposed to crisis as well, right? So this is, for, I mean, yeah. for the average person, this is a one-time kind of thing, right? But So how do you cope with these things? And uh, like, what kind of advice can you give, to, you know, to the listeners about, you know, this is a big crisis moment and uh, how do you manage this? This is very scary. I like, I'm just listening to, to, to the, the fire, you know, firefighter when he was talking, I forget his name. But this is, you know, I don't know where, I don't know how we start to dig out of this. Is it, you know, my question is really for you, Doc. Is is it a vaccine? Is it a is some type of like do? Should we come back outside normally, not knowing what this is and how it affects people? I I've seen a story uh, yesterday that somebody said it was two stories that that kind of just you know took took me back. Um, one was about somebody had a stomach pains and it was due to COVID and that was their symptom. And another one was, uh, I read something about somebody getting their leg amputated due to COVID. And so now I'm like, well, what are we dealing with? What is this? What is, is this a cold? Is it, you know, what, I'm very, I'm, I'm very, um, uh, nervous of all of the different stories and different information that we're getting. I, I think people should really just listen to what they're saying. Stay inside, stay home. If you don't have to go out, please don't. And the first time responders, you guys that are on the front lines, be very careful yourselves because you, they they also it's just this is I don't know, man. This is very this is very 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 scary times. But saying that, everybody should have hope, right? And 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 have faith that things will get better. They, you know, things will be back to normal at, at some point. You know, um, the economy is down, but I, but I, but you know, all of those things can be fixed. Money can be, you know, made. Money can be, you know, we round, we can, we can yeah. rebound back we from can it. We get through that. Yeah, we can rebound back from that we have before. Any times of crisis, you know, it's, it's been times that we've come through this stuff before. So, I don't, I don't know, Doc. I'm, I'm. <laughs> 
Yeah, from the vaccine just, perspective, I know you mentioned the vaccine piece. How do we get back to normal? Uh, from yeah, how this? do we get back to normal? Give it, can you give us some hope, please? Correct. So the we have a lot of people, a lot of people on not getting health benefits, a lot of issues that people are having with with being sick and not being able to get paid time off from work. That's a whole bank of phone callers right there. Correct. So, so there's two approaches, the long-term solution and then the short-term solution, like the now solution, right? So right now, as of today, there's no vaccine today, but there's research going on on vaccines. So in the ideal world, I, I see 12 months from now, 18 months from now, there's a vaccine or multiple vaccines in the market that people could get vaccinated just like you get a flu shot. And then we're back to normal because at this point, everyone has an antibody, right? I mean, there are people that will still die from COVID-19 infection, but those are people that are higher risk, right? Uh, because of other conditions they might have. So that's one side of it. So that's the ideal world going forward. Vaccine, yes, that's the, that's the biggest- uh, Game changer, the, that, that the would be the game changer. Way, correct, and they could have multiple vaccines. Yeah. There's a lot of research happening on that. But from now to then, uh, there are a couple of things. One is testing people and seeing people that have been infected. So Rule mentioned, for example, he might have been sick. Maybe he was exposed or not. Uh, so if we find out he has antibodies that he was sick before, that he recovered, then now the question is, is he immune to getting sick again? That's my question. Could he get, if, if, he, if he did have that, in fact, and other people that are in that same situation, could he be immune to it now? So we don't know, but that's the belief. The belief is that when you get infected to this, um, infected with this, that your body, if you recovered, that means you actually could be protected, right? But we don't know that, but that's the idea. And the idea behind the vaccine as well is to, you know, take the blood and plasma from people that recovered, right, to help fight this going forward. So that's the ideal situation. Um, and to get there, everyone has to be exposed to the virus, whether through a vaccine or through some other way, right, to say you're protected. Wow. Just like chickenpox. I mean, I'm not saying it's exactly like chickenpox, but I'm saying the concept, right, of, of herd immunity is similar to that. And then also this, this mass uh, rule. The other thing that Dr. Manny was uh, and his, some of his colleagues were working on, and the, the, it's been tried in some of the hospitals, and I think it's going through approval, like appro- uh, test, independent testing right now, verification. These mass, long-lasting, like microband type, uh, dis, disinf, disinfect, uh, what do you call it? Disinfectants or dis, of, right, so, of, of public area. So like, for example, if a concert, you know, like a, a, a theater or public places, buses, subways, you know, all of that. Tell us, tell us, give us a little hope with that real quick. Correct. So we are working on that as, as well. We're working on some technology, um, that could be able to, you know, protect uh, nightclubs and uh, concert halls and actually big venues, right? Uh, with uh, nanotechnology, where we could actually spray uh, products on, on surfaces that could actually last uh, for up to 90 days. We like, some... like repel, and it repels the virus. Correct. So it doesn't stay stuck on there like it stays on. It would stay stuck on like a, a counter or a doorknob or something like that. Correct. The concept there is if you spray it on a table or a doorknob or in a concert hall, um, any virus that's there or bacteria is killed. And even after that, um, if any virus touches it after that is also killed, right, for up to 90 days. So it's, it's a game changer uh, piece of it. So we are in active discussions with the EPA and everyone else. So so stay tuned for that. But, Will, <laughs> there, there's some hope out there. It's it's pretty... Uh, yeah, there's you, some hope out there. You know, when you hear when you hear the people on the front line, it's it, people are really going through it with the uncertainty. And, and I think the biggest thing, I mean, we can't solve all the problems. We can't investigate all the stories. But... The the important thing is that everybody knows that there's there's people that you know people that care and what what about you want to just give some final words here because we're coming up to the top of the hour rule like just encouraging people and yeah let's you know, yeah let's let's end this on a on a good yeah, note yeah I don't know maybe, can, you, can, you, can you sing to it can you can you just do like a little freestyle for us live or sing everybody to us living it up the like, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> Let's live it up, baby. Let's have some fun, man. Exactly.
Hey, I, I'm excited. Um, um, the Michael Jordan uh, documentary is coming on early. It's coming on tonight, so I'll be glued to the TV watching that at 9 p.m. tonight. And I think, um, I think the Teddy Riley and and Babyface battle is back on today at five o'clock. I think. I think. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. So if you if you if if you you know trying to pass some time and. and you know, those two things could do it for you today. <laughs> okay, and your and your final message, since we're in the mood of love here and peace, love, peace, joy, and harmony to uh, Fifty Cent because of all the talk. That's what I'm getting text messages about right now. What's hey, your What's your message? Joy there? to the world, <laughs> the Lord has come. <laughs> no, it's joy to the world. Happy Sunday, everybody. <laughs> Wait, isn't it joy to the world? You see, the my hat, Lisa, my all hat good. says it all. All good, never better. But is it is it your yeah. is it your verse? A joy to the world, the rule has come. <laughs> yes. I should have switched the words. You can do it. We still got a minute. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great man to everybody that's watching man listen stay positive stay home stay safe stay strong from the rule i love y'all man lisa thank you dr manny we appreciate you everybody that's coming together to try to give information and and, and get the word out there to help we appreciate y'all. Hot 97 Love. All right, Ja Rule, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, if you just happen to tune in, you can see this a little bit later on today, courtesy of our digital department, our digital team on uh, Hot 97 YouTube. Um, Dr. Manny, just final word for everybody. You know, it's a lot of people are kind of worn out by just all of the different aspects of their lives they have to deal with right now, especially our frontline people is uh, we, we can do better and next time we will do better. No, right. correct. Yes. So, so I, I will, um, like today actually give a shout out to all the frontline workers um, yeah, that too. are out there. Um, uh, Anne-Marie Fambu, my little sister, that's a nurse, um, up in, uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, Edmund Suko, a nurse in Washington, D.C., Dr. Bertrand Forte, that in North Carolina that are all on the front lines of this and uh, doing all this hard work. So, so definitely shout out to everyone out there. Definitely. And uh, to, to everybody that's on the line that we didn't get to your calls, uh, Nike, Austin, David, Dennis, um, Angie, and Nancy, thank you all for calling in and everyone else that uh, that, that couldn't hang on because they were calling from work or whatever. We appreciate your calls. And uh, th thank you for joining us. Jack on the boards. Jack the Mac on the boards. All right. Thank you so much. Anaya producing and on the on the phones doing double duty here. We've got the whole digital team. We got Rasan Brascomb. We got Louis Mercado with the, the whole digital news thing and promotions. His whole team. We got everything. Programming. Thank, thank you, everybody here at Hot 97 for making this possible every week. I think when you hear the people that are calling in, our listeners calling in, you, you understand why it's important for everybody to go above and beyond, which everybody here at Hot 97 is. And I love you all for making this possible for, for our communities, for our people. And uh, remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for joy, love, and peace.